Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. Welcome back. Welcome to back to Behind, Behind the, the Scenes Podcast. podcast. Nice, I tried babe. to do it as you, slow as you, but you I just can't because. No, that's good. I'm impatient. So, um, yeah, how are we starting this? Yeah, so it's Thursday, and we were going to read. It's uh, not Thursday, by the way, but by yeah, the time you're listening to this, it's Thursday. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So it's Thursday, and. Um, we were going to read another bit of the audiobook today. This is probably our favorite chapter of the book, mm. right? I think it is. When we read it back, we said it was probably yeah, our favorite. I chapter. like this chapter a lot. This, this is, is the a, most fun chapter. No, th- more okay, people no, have said, yeah, so I think it, this it's is a one really, of the most fun, really fun, unique chapters. Yeah. No, what you're gonna say? No, it is. But a lot of people have gotten a lot out of this chapter too, which I don't know if that's affecting. It's a new concept that a lot of people have never heard of. I don't know if that's affecting our opinion of it, but like, it's this is a fun chapter. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's a really good chapter, and a lot of people have gotten a lot out of it. So that makes it more even more better. There's funny stories in it. It's a, and it, there's, there's funny, funny stories. stories. It's called the principle and, of sharing. And I feel like we were just in seven. a really good spot when we wrote it. Mm. Like we were just. We we're really zeroed in on it. Good and deep work mode. Good, good deep work mode. mode, and we really like believed in this chapter. And um, this is also something that we talk about a lot with friends. This chapter, like yeah. on a regular basis, yeah. even still now, we yeah. always are bringing up principle sharing because it's something that I feel like our parents' generation is like has this aha moment when we talk about it. But also, people who are dating. Love the concept. Well, it's, it's also, just a very universal. Doesn't yeah, matter what your faith yeah, is. Doesn't matter where say. you're at in your love story. It's like something that everybody can get behind. Yeah, it's universal and gets why it's valuable. And I don't want to call it like a new thought, but it's just something that's like hasn't really been phrased. I think the way that I don't know that we phrased it or Sheldon phrased it really like it because like the concept is simply like who Sheldon tell our listeners. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> So the principle of sharing ultimately comes from Sheldon Vanakin and Davy, or Jean Davis Vanakin, and they were married and they tell a love story in my favorite book, A Severe Mercy. And so this is one of their principles that we kind of took and ran with and um, has dramatically influenced our love story and through that, a lot of other love stories. And so anyways, like... The way that they describe 
the road to oneness or I guess what you would call the strengthening of their love, the building of their castle is through the principle of sharing. And the whole idea is like, um, you know, if there's something that your spouse loves, then there's something to love in it. And the concept is building a thousand strands of oneness um, because if you can... Of togetherness instead yeah, of separateness. Of togetherness instead of yeah. separateness. And so it's a really, really beautiful concept. And I, I'm not going to go too far into it because we explain it all in the mm-hmm. chapter, which we're about to read to you. Yes. So... But I think I think just, you know, to preface it, I feel like there's just a lot of... Our generation... It, gives you the ability to live individual lives. It gives you the ability to watch separate shows, work out at work, do mm-hmm. separate forms of working out, eat differently than each other. Like within a marriage, within the context of marriage, you can go to your own workouts classes, yeah. you can read your own books, you can watch your own shows, you can eat your own meals, you, you can, can do live separate lives, separate lives if you wanted. You can have your own friends, guys nights and girls nights, like it's just and I'm not saying that those things are bad if you have some Inherently, of those things. Inherently, no, but, they're not bad. But you also have to have the strands of togetherness, the things that you both, even if even if I don't love soccer and even if Jared doesn't love running, we've learned that there's something to love about soccer and there's something to love about running and we've learned more about each other in learning about those things. Yeah. And that's where the value, value of the principle of sharing lies. So anyways. Yep. That's We're excited really well to have you guys listen to this chapter. Yeah. And before we dive in, also just wanted to let you guys know, remind you guys that the audiobook for A Love Letter Life, our book, mm-hmm. is read by Jeremy and I. And you can grab that. It will never go out of stock, unlike <laughs> yeah, our yeah. Amazon book right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully by the time you listen to this, our Amazon it's book back is in stock, still not yeah. in stock. But when you sell more books than Michelle Obama. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had to say it. Well, we didn't. We didn't. It's just the way it all worked out. <laughs> the algorithms are weird, guys, on Amazon. The fact that the book has even been on sale, it might still it's be on so sale. It's so crazy. This point. Amazon's For a weird world. Bucks, like, that is weird. Amazon just, just like, like yeah, there's no way it's going to be on sale for that for that much longer. Like, yeah. It, is it still $12? Right, right now, now, right now it is. Yeah. So hopefully by the time they listen to this, it's still on sale. Guys, we're Anyways, still we're still learning this whole Amazon. If you're an audiobook world. listener, you can get the audiobook. If not, you can get it at any local bookstore near yeah. you. So that being Amazon. said, the audiobook never goes out of style. So if you like listening to out it, of style, out or of out style, of out of stock, <laughs> both of the above. So you can you can grab a Just copy never on Amazon. Uh, that being said, we're going to read to you the principle of sharing. Six, the principle of sharing. Jeremy. The longest we went without seeing each other was three months. My family had decided to go to Costa Rica on vacation, and I would be missing two weeks of school in order to join them. That meant I had to forego several of my routine visits back home in order to complete all of my schoolwork before the trip. The good news? Audrey would be joining us. The bad news? After a three-month separation, our reunion would take place in an airport lounge and be filmed by the camera crew from Little People Big World for later broadcast. Yikes. Audrey flew with my family from Portland to Dallas, and I met them at the Dallas airport en route to Costa Rica. The cameras rolled as I entered the airport lounge and embraced Audrey. Our long-awaited reunion was a bit embarrassing, probably more so for Audrey, but we were together again, and that was all that mattered. 
While waiting for our connection, I pulled a book out of my bag and suggested to Odge that we read it together. The book was A Severe Mercy by Sheldon Vanocken, and it tells the story of his relationship with his wife, Davy. I read the book a year earlier, and it profoundly influenced me, so much so that I committed to reading it once every year. I have since read it seven times and just began my eighth. The book has become a well of inspiration I continue to draw from, and I feel a soul connection to the grand story that Sheldon tells. Audrey liked the idea of reading together, so we snuck away from the rest of the family and the film crew and found a quiet gate area where we began reading aloud. From the first sentence I read, Audrey's face lit up. I could tell she would feel a soul connection to the story, too. We continued to read it together throughout the trip. More about that to come. Costa Rica was the first trip we went on together, and it satisfied our longing to share experiences together rather than having to relay our separate experiences over the phone. For once, I didn't have to mail fragrant flowers, send a photo of my favorite beach, or read a line from my favorite book over the phone. We were together, smelling, seeing, and reading the same things, and we did not take it for granted. We clung to the moments, squeezing hands a little tighter, holding our hugs a little longer, and enjoying just being in each other's presence. One night, we took cover from a warm tropical rain and watched a storm roll in over the ocean. I hugged Dodge as we looked out at the dark, tumbling clouds playing with the sea, and then I looked at her and said, Lock it in. She smiled, knowing exactly what I meant. This became the phrase we'd say to each other whenever we experienced moments we wanted to engrave in our memories. Giving voice to our desire to commemorate a moment enhanced our memory of it. We said it often throughout the trip, especially as we read A Severe Mercy on the beach or woke up early to read it by the pool before breakfast. We still say it from time to time when a moment calls for it. While reading, we continually stopped to talk about the overall beauty of the Vinokin's love story. Something about it heightened our awareness and our appreciation of the tropical beauty that surrounded us. We also took an interest in the principles the author described, specifically the principle of spontaneity, the principle of the affirmative, the principle of courtesy, and the principle of sharing. The principle that stuck out most to us was the principle of sharing. Sheldon and his wife, Davy, were two lovers determined to reach the heights of love. After a small tiff, they found themselves in a discussion about how to make love endure. What is it that draws two people into closeness and love? They asked. And their answer? Of course, there's the mystery of physical attraction, but beyond that, it's the things they share. Total sharing, we felt, was the ultimate secret of a love that would last forever. People are bound together by what they share. Audrey and I share an affinity for old barns, campfires, antiques, and country things. More importantly, we share the same value system, the desire to raise a family, and a commitment to the Word of God. We also enjoy talking about all of those things we share. These commonalities between Audrey and me drew us together. But as our relationship progressed, we began to seek out more things to share and more ways to be intentional in becoming one. Sheldon and Davy believed that if two people chose to share everything, they would continue to become closer and closer, hence the principle of sharing. If one of us likes anything, there must be something to like in it, and the other one must find it. That way, we shall create a thousand strands, great and small, that will link us together. Then, we shall be so close that it would be impossible, unthinkable, for either of us to suppose that we could ever recreate such closeness with anyone else. 
and our trust in each other will not only be based on love and loyalty, but on the fact of a thousand sharings, a thousand strands twisted into something unbreakable. Through sharing, Sheldon and Davy fortified their bond of friendship and kept their feelings of in-loveness alive. With every passing year, they experienced a new depth of closeness, building an unbreakable strand of sharing that would weather any storm. Even though we hadn't known about the principle, we recognized the truth of it in the development of our relationship. It was the principle of sharing that made a lasting memory of the half-marathon I had run for Audrey. Although the race itself was miserable, it was something we shared, even though we didn't end up running it side by side. While in Costa Rica, I committed to take up running because it was something Audrey loved. After we were married, we eventually ran another half-marathon, but this time we did it together, and I finished 10 minutes behind her. To this day, we still go on runs together. It's become something I now enjoy, and it's a strand of sharing that draws us closer together. Audrey and her family and friends are big gamers. When we first met, I played games only because Audrey was playing, but now I want to play them because I enjoy them too. Because games are something Audrey loves, I learned to love them too. In fact, we started playing chess together so much that Audrey even had a custom chess table made for me as a Christmas gift. Now we have a cabinet full of games, most of which I've bought, something I never thought I'd do. We pressed into the principle of sharing, intent on discovering the good in whatever the other loved. Sharing builds closeness. Sheldon and Davy went so far as to read all of the same books in an attempt to know and understand each other completely. Audrey and I took the principle of sharing one step further in a different way, by abstaining from the same things. For example, Audrey used to watch The Bachelor, and this was something I was not willing to share. I refused to watch it and didn't like the fact that she watched it. I have nothing against the people on the show. Rather, I have something against how the show represents true love and how we should go about looking for it. Initially, Audrey's pushback was that watching these shows was something social to do with friends, she liked dissecting all of the different relationship issues that arose on the show. However, after a few months of low-key discussions about it and explaining to Audrey where I was coming from, she admitted that the show did violate the values and convictions we both have about love. Now, she doesn't have any desire to watch it either. The Bachelor Bachelorette does not align with our collective values and therefore would have been a point of division. Audrey gave it up in an effort to pursue our oneness and adhere to the principle of sharing. In this instance, the principle of sharing was about what we abstained from together rather than what we partook in together. During our first year of marriage, there was a period of time when in order to support and love Audrey, I shared with her by abstaining from gluten. By abstaining, I was able to briefly catch a glimpse of what she had to do for all of her stomach issues. She felt supported and understood. Of course, this will look different for everyone. We don't literally share absolutely everything. And yes, I have my own toothbrush. This is simply a principle to live by, and it can be applied however you please. While we were dating, we found it useful in learning about each other and our compatibility. While married, this principle has reminded us to keep on pursuing oneness as we make new friends, build a home, and begin to build a family. Hey, we wanted to take a quick minute to tell you guys about our new book, A Love Letter Life, that is now out and available. Pursue creatively 
date intentionally, love faithfully. We wrote this book primarily to ignite and inspire and encourage people to pursue the love story that they would want read back to them. So we believe whether you realize it or not, whether you're single, dating, engaged, or married, you are writing your love story. And every single day that we live out, ultimately, is the story we'll be telling tomorrow. So in this book, we give tools, tips, encouragement, all through our own story on how we did that and how you can do that as well. So we believe it's going to do just that and encourage you, inspire you and ignite you to live a beautiful love story. So go grab a copy. It's available anywhere books are sold. And let's all just go live our best a love letter life. Audrey. There's nothing quite like reuniting with your boyfriend you haven't seen in three months in front of a camera crew. Among other things, I was afraid the audio guy would be able to hear how fast my heart was beating through the microphone I was wearing. I also remember thinking, if I have to go to the bathroom, will he be listening to me pee? Jarrah's family only added pressure to the situation with their wide-eyed, so are you excited to see him? interrogations. All of the other passengers in the airport lounge area were trying to discreetly capture photos of the spectacle that we were. When Jeremy walked into the room, I was shaking with nervous excitement. I could hardly muster the strength and coordination to stand up and hug him. In that moment, I wished no one was there, but it felt like everyone was there. We hugged, and then his smile silenced my insecurities. He handed me an envelope, which I waited to read until we were off camera. I could tell he was a little flustered to see me too, which was comforting in a way. For the past few weeks, I had been waffling about whether to go on the trip. I was eager for an opportunity to be with Jeremy, but my health concerns had me worried about traveling internationally. Three months prior to the trip, my stomach issues had become so serious that I was forced to take a term off school and put my running career on hold. I spent my days doing one of three things, visiting doctors, preparing meals, or agonizing in bed. I was deeply discouraged and desperate for healing. It was a horribly dark time in my life, but also a time in which the Lord reminded me that just being with Him was enough. Instead of trying to control everything, I learned how to make surrender and trust a daily practice. That turned out to be vital training that would help me endure trials in the years to come. And perhaps most importantly, I learned to ask for help. During the time I was sick, Jeremy was so understanding and patient with my gloomy, Eeyore-like responses. He continued to listen to me, encourage me, and love me through this very hard time when I did not feel like myself at all. When he invited me to go to Costa Rica with his family for spring break, I initially declined. I just assumed all my dietary restrictions meant traveling to a third-world country was out of the question. However, I had finally started to show some signs of improvement, and when I talked to my parents, friends, and doctors about the possibility of going, I was surprised that they all encouraged me to go. I think everyone felt so bad about my physical health that they saw it as a good prescription for my emotional and mental healing. Sunshine, waves, and love can heal anything, right? During the trip, I had a long list of dietary restrictions, and I had to be meticulous about drinking solely bottled water, using it even to brush my teeth. 
All my health restrictions required me to be very communicative with Jer about what I needed and how I felt. It also gave him an opportunity to feel needed and useful, which was a good thing, even though it made me feel high maintenance. Asking for help and allowing Jeremy to take care of me were things I needed to learn how to do. Costa Rica was another milestone marker in our relationship. It was our first trip together, my first time appearing on Little People Big World, my first time spending extended time with Jer's family, Jer's first time having to take care of me, our first time reading A Severe Mercy together, and the beginning of our commitment to the principle of sharing. Even though back home we were still separated by distance, we wanted to be joined by emotional togetherness. While we were in Costa Rica, I realized that one of the gaps that separated us was soccer. The World Cup was happening, and Jer's family convened in the hotel lobby in the evenings to watch the games. I had never played soccer and definitely didn't have a desire to watch it, but it was clear that Jeremy's entire family took the game seriously and that Jeremy loved it. So I attempted to show interest. As I was learning through reading A Severe Mercy, if Jeremy loved soccer, there must be something about it to love. I watched him play indoor games when he came home to visit in the summer. I learned to kick a soccer ball on the beach when I visited him in Santa Barbara. For his birthday, I gave him a soccer backpack from his favorite team. I even played in the Roloff family's annual Thanksgiving Day soccer game one year. By sharing in all of these things and learning to love soccer, I came to understand why Jeremy loved soccer, which helped me to better love and understand him. Jeremy always referred to soccer as the world's language, and when we were in Costa Rica, I saw just how true that is. Over breakfast or while out on an excursion, Jeremy would often make a comment to one of the locals about the World Cup. Within seconds, he seemed to have a new best friend. Everyone we met in Costa Rica loved soccer. Talking about it was a way for Jeremy to connect with people. As I watched him, I came to understand Jeremy in new ways. This was one of the beautiful things about the principle of sharing. It allowed us to know each other better, which enabled us to love each other more. Another thing I learned to love through the principle of sharing was old cars. We'd talked about some of the fun adventures we had in Jeremy's vintage cars, but not the less than fun ones like the times when his cars broke down or wouldn't start. This was, and still is, a regular occurrence. Yes, even now he still owns them all, but the inconvenience has never made me push him to sell. Call me crazy, but I've actually grown to love their imperfections and the stories that result from the times we've been suddenly stranded. Throughout our dating relationship, Jeremy had four old cars, One was given to him, the others he bought on Craigslist and fixed up. There was the 1971 BMW 2002, Oso, the 1971 Volkswagen Van, Blue Moon, the 1969 GMC truck, Bertha, and the 1976 Toyota FJ40, Rain. Each car seemed to mark a different season of our relationship. Oso equals friend zone. Blue Moon equals falling in love and starting to date. Bertha equals the breakup. Rain equals the big question and the big day. More about that to come. 
When we were together in Oregon, it would have been more convenient to take my car out to dinner, but I enjoyed moseying along the highway at 50 miles an hour in one of Jared's vintage treasures. I got a kick out of watching all the husbands abruptly tap their wives and eagerly point to Jared's car with admiration and longing looks. I loved the ease of parking Tiny Oso, having space to hang out in the back of Blue Moon, cranking the manual windows in Bertha and enjoying the quiet afforded by the lack of stereo in rain. We always exchanged smiles of relief when the cars started up on the first try, but even push-starting Blue Moon or conversing with strangers who offered to give us a jump was fun. So many of our richest conversations took place in these old vehicles, which is part of the reason I don't mind still having them around. The nostalgia is too precious and they continue to solicit adventure while inviting us to practice extending grace toward one another. For example, a couple of years ago when I found myself waving the jumper cables in the snow after we broke down in rain while getting our Christmas tree. Or, you moms will get a kick out of this one, when we broke down in the Costco parking lot while I was eight months pregnant and it was 90 degrees out. Yes, we are still married, and yes, we still own rain. Although I just gave you two examples of sticky situations that I handled with patience and grace, let me be really clear. Jeremy and I are not perfect. We fight. We let our emotions get the best of us sometimes. We blame each other instead of the circumstances. We forget that we're on the same team. But the more we pursue the principle of sharing, the more we enable moments bound for strife to be met with grace-giving smiles. Jeremy. Aj and I are continuing to learn that if one of us loves something that falls in line with our shared values, then there must be something in it to love. And when the other is willing to find whatever there is in it to love, we get to experience a greater closeness and unity. Finding new things to love about each other is a gift that keeps on giving. It keeps alive the growing excitement of discovery, as we not only unearth more to love about each other, but fall deeper in love in the process. We believe that bridging the gap of separateness with strands of unity will continue to draw us closer together and that weeding out things that separate us will deepen our love. Pre-marriage, we tried to close the gaps by sharing in our hobbies and interests. After marriage, we continue to do this in other areas as well, our failures, victories, responsibilities, and even the words we use. For example, in our house, it's my job to take out the trash. However, when I sometimes forget, Audrey gets frustrated and points out my fault. Likewise, I get frustrated with Audrey when she's running late because she's taking too long to get ready. I blame our tardiness on her. We've been working on shifting the way we talk about these types of situations by using we instead of you. We call it we shifting. So instead of saying, Jer, you forgot to take out the trash, Audrey says, Jer, we forgot to take out the trash. And instead of saying, Audrey's running late, I say, we are running late. It may seem like a small thing, but this simple change shifts the atmosphere and our attitudes from accusation to alliance and from separateness to togetherness. If we are indeed one flesh, as scripture proclaims we are, then we want to live into that in every way we can. We become one when we say, I do, but we also continue to become one through daily actions and words that proclaim we do. Sheldon and Davy Vinokin had a theory that the killer of love is creeping separateness. If sharing builds a thousand strands of unity that bind us together, 
it only makes sense that a thousand strands of separateness builds distance. It came as a bit of a shock that if we could sow closeness, we could also sow distance. Audrey and I had been forced to experience what physical distance does to love. Living individual lives, we entered a season of separateness during long distance that turned our flame of love into a smolder. Distance surely is the enemy of love. We live in a world where genuine love, love that lasts, is hard to find. Love can be alive one moment and gone the next. We see this in the divorce rate, in broken families and unfaithful spouses, fill in the blank. Love can flee as impulsively as the feelings do. We are a culture that chases feelings as the fruit of love, while neglecting to water the tree that produces the fruit. If feelings of love endured on their own accord, we would be seeing different results. However, it is apparent that feelings of love don't last without the actions of love, watering the tree. We believe that the principle of sharing is one good way to water the tree. I love how author Timothy Keller puts it, Our culture says that feelings of love are the basis for actions of love, and of course that can be true, but it is truer to say that actions of love can lead consistently to feelings of love. Sheldon and Davy Vinokin discovered what they believed to be the guardian of true love, continual sharing, a lifetime devotion to ongoing discovery and pursuit of one another. Through continual sharing, they would build a wall of protection around their love. I don't know about you, but I just love that. What a brilliant picture of two people desiring to get the most out of their love story. Sheldon and Davy's method might not be for you, but there's definitely truth in its application. Sharing will lead you toward closeness. Separateness will move you away from it. If you're lobbying for separate lives, you will eventually have them. The principle of sharing is a mindset that will save you time in the dating world as you look for a suitable spouse and continue to be the gift that keeps on giving in marriage. All right, so there is the principle of sharing, one of our favorite chapters. Oh, now it's your favorite chapter. No, I said, outro, one of, favorite chapter. I said one of our favorite <laughs> chapters in the okay. book. Okay. We love that chapter. We, it's a good one. Yeah, we hope you loved it as much as we do. Yeah, so. and I don't think they listened to the entire chapter. So if you want to listen to the rest of the chapter... You can, yeah, you can get the grab audiobook. a book on audiobook or physical copy. So that being said, you guys, we're just we've been extremely blown away with the response that this book has had. Um, just all your DMs, all your messages. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't know if we have read every single one, but I will say we that have we, read every single. We review. have made an effort to read. Yeah, every single review on Amazon we have read, but like every single DM and we're comment trying. and all that, like we've done our best to to read them all. Um, and we can't thank you guys enough. So I think I, I said it pretty well in my previous Instagram post of like our hope for this book. We basically, um, you know, hope that this book would become, I guess, the wind in the sails, if you will. And I feel like, I don't know, as just like we continue to hear the response and people uh, send us messages and even letters, you know, it's just been really cool to see that happen. And so, I don't know, we're, we're just like blown away, super grateful. And it's kind of gotten to a spot where like, it's more than we could have ever like done or tried on our own. More than we could have ever imagined. Yeah. More than we could have ever imagined. (laughs) Oh, it's more. So pretty cool guys. So that being said, we've hit some pretty cool records. I mean, we've been, we were number two on all of Amazon 
of all books, all books on, on Amazon. We were, we were number two for four or five days. No, we were only number two for like two or three days. Okay. Two, two or three really? days. Yeah. Two or three days. Then and our then, book went out of stock. No, but we, we were number four <laughs> and then we went up to number two. So all in total, we were... We were four or better for like five and we were the days, number one almost a week. Release. And then Amazon ran out of stock, which is a good problem, but still a problem. Good problems are still problems. And uh, and then we fell, but that's okay. We, and just so you, so you guys know, like we did not imagine that would happen. No, this like, was literally, total unexpected. I, actually, we had never talked about the Amazon charts well, at it all. It wasn't really a part of our That wasn't like equation. a goal for us. We just did not. So it's just so cool to see that. But even more than that, like Jer said, I mean, really, I know this is a cliche thing to say, but truly reading your guys's messages, your reviews, your comments and friends, if you're listening to this or family, your text messages, people that have read our book and finished it within a day or within hours and hearing the response is the most rewarding thing of this entire process. It's the coolest thing to just see. Yeah how God is using this book and how he's used our story and our words to just inspire and ignite you guys. And it's just crazy. And like at the time right right now that Jared and I are sitting here and recording this, we've already done a few of the stops on our, on the tour and gotten to meet some yeah, of you guys we, and talk to you in person. The first leg. And just hearing in person from you guys, what this book has meant to you. And it's just been so surreal and like just we it's, haven't had a chance to really like soak it all in yet because yeah. we've been so go 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 <laughs> yeah but anyways just thank you guys thank you if you've read the book um if you've left a review just thank yeah. you so much for that it means the and world if you haven't us. please do like like we just said we we read everyone and they mean a lot and uh, they only take a second. So. And if you don't leave a review with us or if you don't send a message to us, send one to your friend. Like tell yep. someone else about the book. Text your friend about the book or pass it on. If yeah. you finish the book in the day, let someone borrow it because... Ultimately, like we believe in the mission of the book, but we want the mission to be greater than ourselves. And so like we want it to be kind of a wildfire, if you will, that like takes off yes. and and becomes other people's missions. And so like that's kind of the ultimate heart of the book is that it becomes something bigger than ourselves. But um, all that to be said, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's time to go to bed. Here's hail to the rest of the road. Yeah. So... Okay, well, hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to um, the principle of sharing. So we will be back on Tuesday with a fire episode. Yeah, with another with an awesome, awesome podcast. You're yes, love it. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a good weekend. Mm-hmm.